0: Hey, welcome inside the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. My co-host Cammy will be joining here in just a second. First, I want to remind you you can follow us on social media. Our show Twitter account is Locked On Longhorns. L O underscore Longhorns. You can follow me at Pat You can follow her at Cammy Angie. Also, please give a rating and subscribe. It helps find help other Longhorn fans find our podcast. Cammy, happy Saint Me Day.
1: Happy Saint Patrick's Day, Patrick.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite days of the year, you know, I, I feel like it's my day. I'm Irish, and it's my day. It works
1: well. Um, considering what's going on, what are you actually going to do for your Me Day today?
0: I'm probably gonna crack open a bottle of Jameson whiskey, Irish Irish whiskey on on Saint Me Day. I um, like you it. Get, you know who's not having a good Saint Patrick's Day though?
1: Who?
0: New England Patriots fans.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, and they actually have nowhere to go to drown their sorrows either. Exactly. So. <laughs> That's where I'm going.
0: I mean, they don't have anywhere to go drink because everything's closed. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. I was kinda of, I was kinda of shocked about that. Yes. But considering we've had literally no sports news over the past week besides um postponements and cancellations and things like that, it has been a crazy past day or so for the NFL.
0: Yes, it has. A lot of free agency. You know, it's it's really funny. And before we get into Free agency talk. Kimmy, what are, what are you doing for St. Patrick's Day? How are you celebrating with the social distancing, staying isolated? What are you going to well, do? Well,
1: I have been actually staying isolated since about Sunday. I haven't really gone anywhere except the grocery store. And that's been a mess in itself. So I'm trying to stay away from that. But um, Austin's actually having a meeting right now. I believe that started around 11 a.m. today to determine whether they're going to follow suit with Dallas and Houston and close their bars and restaurants um, or just hours or things like that. So I don't know if there's anywhere to go today for St. Patrick's Day. I'm not sure if I want to, but I do plan to somehow have some green beer to celebrate.
0: There you go. All right, Cammy. So I was looking in through Twitter and I came across an exchange, being that it is Twitter Tuesday, thought we'd go to Twitter, and see that Brian Carrington and Jay Velay had a little funny exchange on Twitter. Did you see it?
1: Oh, yeah. One's a Texans fan, one's a Cowboys fan. So those are always fun exchanges.
0: They are fun exchanges. So I just, I thought that was pretty funny seeing as how, um, you know, Coach Velay. Velay, I don't know how you say his name, I'll figure it out, essentially calling Carrington Stephen A. Carrington told him to shut up, be a Texans fan, and watch his Cowboys do work.
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to take Jay's side here, and I've actually seen a lot of that on both on Twitter and Facebook over the past 24 hours, I guess, since the Hopkins trade or whatever you want to call that. But it seems like a lot of people are trying to jump ship from the Texans bandwagon, jokingly so probably. But I think Jay's just having fun here and taking a shot at Brian Carrington whenever he can. Obviously, there's a lot of respect between the two, but um, it's been fun to watch so far.
0: It definitely has been fun. And it's you know, it's a source of entertainment right now with everything that's going on. So let's jump into a little NFL free agency talk. Uh, Former Longhorns defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway got a new contract.
1: He actually um, re-signed with the Eagles on a one-year deal, so they actually uh, went ahead and locked him up right before he was able to negotiate with other teams, but um, he's a rotational defensive tackle. He provides plenty of upside behind uh, Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson in Philly, so um I think this was a great uh, re-signing for the Eagles. I mean, he looked promising last season before suffering an ankle injury. Um, He played in seven games with the Eagles last season. And he even started a few games due to their um, injuries. So he provides um, high upside depth, like I mentioned. He's not necessarily a starter at this point. Um, But yeah, I think he can actually revitalize his career in Philadelphia as long as he can remain healthy.
0: Yeah, I thought he was a guy that would actually get an opportunity to test the market, but good on Philadelphia to keep him in-house. They need, you know, they obviously need interior help. There are a lot of teams out there needing interior help, but, you know, you can pick up guys in the draft. That's really going to help him out, but that was a good spot for him. But coming up next, we're going to get into a little more free agency talk, plus Sam Ellinger's progression coming right up. All right, Cammy. So we were talking a little free agency before that for our first break, and. The other news I wanted to get into was how is Case Keenum signing with Cleveland going to change what teams, what teams might do with Colt McCoy? You know, it it was rumored that he would go to Cleveland back to Cleveland. Now they signed Keenum because of, you know, Keenum has a history with the new head coach Stefanski. So what does that mean for Colt McCoy
1: now? Yeah, I was actually surprised with that, but for his, Far as we know, maybe Colt didn't want to return to Cleveland. So there could have been a lot of scenarios in place there. But um, I think it does impact where he would go a bit. I think plenty of different organizations can use him. Like we mentioned, he's a veteran player. He's a good leader. He can groom a young quarterback. I'd like to see him go somewhere um, to maybe groom a young quarterback. It depends what Carolina does. Um, I'd like to see him as a backup quarterback there. I think he's comfortable in the backup quarterback role. Um, he seems like he would fit an organization like the Patriots, the Panthers, um depending what the Chargers do. I just think he should go somewhere that has a current young starting quarterback in place.
0: Yeah, you know, it's difficult when you try to figure out where he's going to go. Uh, there's so many spots, but I think he's a quality backup in in a in a, a league where you don't even have 32 quality starters. I think it's good to have a good backup like Colt McCoy. He, he provides a lot of you know, upside, very smart, high football IQ, like you said, he can help groom. So that's really going to help him along the way, wherever he goes. But I want to talk about another Texas quarterback in Sam Ellinger.
1: My favorite.
0: Your favorite. Absolutely. And pro football focus, uh, recently tweeted out his rankings for the last three seasons and, and does that kind of go in with what you thought of him about how he's done since becoming a freshman and taking over for Shane Bouchelle?
1: Yeah. And like I mentioned, I've been watching him since he's been at Westlake in high school. So um, every time I get into a conversation about Ellinger with anyone, for example, I always mention, have you seen how much he's progressed since he's been at Texas? And so Ellinger himself even vocally stated that when he was a true freshman, he was just like a deer in headlights, especially when he started that USC game. But even though he kept the longhorns in it, he just mentioned that he just kind of had no idea what was happening around him. Um, And it it brought up several questions after his freshman season, like whether he has an accurate arm. Could he limit the crucial turnovers? He had a problem with that early on. Uh, Would his pocket presence improve? Um, But there was just several questions surrounding him, even though he brought that physical style of play and obviously competitive nature that showed a lot of promise. There's still a lot of questions, but like you mentioned, PFF actually released his season grades, and the drastic development from his freshman to sophomore year uh, was eye-popping. In 2017, um, it was at 66.4, his season grade, which was 61st um, in the nation, and then in 2018, it improved to 85.7, which was 13th, and then 2019 was actually his highest grade at 90.2, and that was 6th in the nation, so Obviously, the hype understandably surrounds him as he heads into his senior season. I think if he continues to develop, um, as history obviously portrays, then he can obviously be a legitimate Heisman Trophy contender in 2020. But um, I definitely do agree with, obviously, all of the media right now saying he's, without a doubt, the top overall player returning in the Big 12 and has the ability, I think, to finish his collegiate career as one of the top quarterbacks in the nation.
0: Yeah, you definitely have to like his his progression but real quick I am I recently had a conversation with Trevor Sikama of the Draft Network and I asked him about Sam Ellinger's draft stock and and where he thinks he can go and how he can progress and this is what Trev had to say how high do you think Sam Ellinger could be next season I know you're not really into watching those guys yet but what, what have you liked so far about him
2: I mean, he's kind of a big game player, right? I mean he's he's in but he's he's gonna be in kind of that like Jake Fromm mold where you realize he doesn't have the best arm. Uh he's gonna go be go up against guys who are a lot bigger, I think a lot more natural in the pocket than he is. I think he's a good athlete. He's a he's a college football gamer, but he's one of those guys who I just think he's going to be a better college football player than an NFL player. And that's okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's fine. That's obviously kind of why he returned and, and why he's making uh, as long as he can out of his time in college football. But I, I just, there's so many good quarterbacks that are coming out next year. It's hard for me to really put him in a, in a top tier with that. And so I think that he's going to, while fun at Texas, while he can really put up some incredible plays that we've seen over the last couple of years, I think he's going to end up being more of a college story than an NFL story just because he has passing limitations that have showed up over the last couple of years.
0: All right, Cammy, so do you agree that he is on that Jake Fromm line where he's probably a really good quarterback in college but less so at the NFL level?
1: Not particularly. I think Ellinger is that type of player that can prove um, pretty much anyone wrong, as he has so far. But I think staying his senior season is going to help him drastically, unlike Fromm. Um, that's that's hard for me. I don't want to compare him to the likes of like Tebow and things like that. And for example, we don't even know how Fromm's going to perform in the NFL or if he even gets uh, much of a chance to. He might be in that backup role for a while. But um, no, I would actually put Ellinger ahead of Fromm at the moment.
0: Uh, that's a tough one for me. Uh, I think, you know, the situations are very similar in that when Ellinger kind of took over, he took over for a guy that a lot of people were really high on in in Shane Bouchel. you know, people thought that he might be the next big Texas quarterback. Right. And just the way he was able to throw the ball around, but I think, you know, and kind of go back when you were talking about Ellinger's, numbers how they progress each season. I think the big jump from his freshman year to his sophomore year was when he knew he was the guy. There wasn't right. a question of when was Herman going to go back to Bouchelle or you know, when you know you're the guy and you don't have to look over your shoulder, he can focus on what he's doing on the field rather than focus on what's behind him. And I think that helped him a lot. But his situation is very similar to From in that from took over for Eason. And, you know, obviously Eason, you know, left to Washington and now he's going to be in the draft as well. So I I think the situations are similar. I hope that he's much higher regarded. I think it's really going to depend on what he can do in his senior season. So a big senior year could help him and help his draft outlook. And it'll be, It'll be fun to watch him as the season progresses and to see where he's at. And we'll check on his draft stock throughout the year. We'll have guys from the Draft Wire, Draft Network on the show, so we can talk about that, you know, as the season progresses. But coming up next, we are going to get into a question on trusting this team. All right, Cammie, so it's Twitter Tuesday and we got a couple questions here and the first one i'm gonna break into two parts question is which side do you trust the most
1: Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I trust the offense most here. I just think they have too many weapons. Obviously, a very talented quarterback that we just uh, went into detail about that I trust and a backfield that I believe will take a major step forward this season. Although they have a ton of weapons at their disposal, I'm curious to see how the new coaching staff kind of meshes them together on the field. But I'm just not sold enough on our defensive unit yet to pick them here. I feel like they have a lot to prove after how they looked last season. So I, I kind of had to pick the offensive side of the ball right here.
0: Yeah, I think the offensive side is going to be the side you trust. Obviously you talk about Sam Ellinger and you talk about some of the weapons that they have offensive line, uh, you know, two of the two aspects of the team that are still in play here. Offensive line did, offensive line coach is still here. So you expect that there not to be a drop-off and then obviously the running back coach. So it's, you know, those are two aspects that, aren't new to this team, whereas the wide receivers coach, quarterback coach, you know, that's all going to be new to this team And as they try to figure out what they're going to do offensively. You know, it's hard when you look at the defense from a season ago and say, I trust the defense based on what was on the field. Now, the caveat being that you could say that you trust the defense based on how they performed in the Alamo Bowl being able to stop that running game because, you know, even before the bowl game, when I went on the SiriusXM radio and they asked me what the key was, I said, you got to stop Zach Moss. I was like, if you stop Zach Moss, you stop that offense. And that's what they were able to do. So I think, and the fact that Joseph Asai was able to rush the passer, so you add him running, you know, coming off the edge. I It's a toss-up for me. I mean, I'm probably going to lean offense here but it's so hard for me not to say defense. But if I was to say, which unit do you trust the least out of the three? So offense, defense, special teams, which one would you say you are the least confident in?
1: Uh, I am I think I'm still going to say I'm the least confident in defense just because I think Cameron Dicker is obviously um, – a great kicker for us. And obviously he can win us a few close games when needed. Um, In terms of switching the field, punter, mm, maybe 50-50 on that. But I'm just not sold enough on the defense yet, even though they have such high potential. Um, obviously, a couple of names that can break out break out this season, like you mentioned, Asai, under Chris Ash's new scheme that will really let them get after the quarterback, unlike last season. But um, I would say I trust defense the least. I would probably trust offense most, uh, then special teams, then the defensive unit.
0: Hmm. I'm going to go with that I trust the – Mm, that was tough. I probably to say special teams. I trust the least. And it's not anything to do with Dicker, but so much as they need to have some sort of return game for me to fully trust them um, as far as what they can do on the field.
1: Yeah, and I think they were kind of young in that sense last season. I mean, obviously they can put Jake Smith back there again, Deshaun Jameson. So... I think they have talent back there to have a return game. Um, but like you like you mentioned, they just need to develop a little bit.
0: Yeah, it, they definitely do need to develop. And I think a new special teams coordinator is going to help out a ton. I think Jameson returning punts. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the kickoff return man. Um, you know, the coverage units are going to be huge. You know, I think it's so much more than just the kicker because obviously you can you can point and say, Well, I trust him as a kicker. And as far as college kickers go, he's one of the better ones. Um uh, right. just because I mean, we've all said it. We're sitting there watching a the game and we're like SMH, college kickers. I mean, we've all done it because of how poor they are or how poor they can be. So I think having having him, you know, it helps out a ton. But um, as far as which unit I trust the least, I'm gonna say special teams because I still believe in the defense, um, just because of the playmakers that they have. Um, I'm expecting a lot out of Caden Stearns this year. I think that Mm -hmm. he can return to his freshman years, how he played that year. Um, And then, obviously, you have Deshaun Overshaw moving to linebacker, Osai coming off the edge. I'm excited about the young guys coming in. So that's why I would say special teams and put defense at number two as far as my trust factor goes.
1: Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I think the defense and special teams are pretty close.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a coin flip, I think. Uh, let's see here. Next question. Which games are you going to be attending, and will you be wearing burnt orange? Well, I'm probably not going to be wearing burnt <laughs> orange.
1: Uh, oh, man. I usually attend most Texas home games, and I definitely wear my fair share of burnt orange. But in terms of the games I'm most excited for, I would say LSU – I'm definitely trying to get there for that game. I haven't actually watched a game down there yet, so that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, Obviously, Texas-Oklahoma is one circled on everyone's calendar each year. Um, Let's see. What home game I would be most excited to go to would probably be, I would say Baylor or Oklahoma State. I'm probably going to lean Baylor here. I'm very curious to see how they um, turn around after roll left. So. Um, I don't know. I got to mess some games. What are you most excited I, for? All
0: right. So as far as wearing burn orange, probably not. I'll probably wearing some Longhorns wire or locked on Longhorns gear. So probably do that. I'm looking forward to the game in Baton Rouge. I think that's going to be a fun one. I've never been to Baton Rouge to watch a football game. I hear that it's one of the best college experiences out there. Uh, Red River Rivalry. At the Texas State Fairgrounds, that's gonna be fun. I've never been to that game either. Uh and I, I probably a couple of home games, maybe the home opener. Check out that game. Um, and then probably a couple more that I'll be I'll be coming to to, to check out the Texas Longhorns. That's probably gonna do it for me as far as that. I know the, the two ones that I have circled on my calendar are obviously LSU and and then against Oklahoma.
1: You mean you don't have Texas Tech circled?
0: That's a long drive to Lubbock, Texas.
1: <laughs> but um, do you want to inform the listeners of your previous team?
0: My previous team? Anybody who knows me, is this, I'm a Texas Tech guy.
1: Yeah. Well, I grew up
0: in Lubbock, Texas, so that's my hometown.
1: We can pretend you're a Longhorns fan now.
0: I cover Longhorns, so that's... You know, it's funny because I've talked to other podcast hosts who are covering a team that they are not associated with and they they all tell me the same thing it's very hard not to root for the team that you're covering because obviously it's more fun when they win
1: yeah I can imagine I mean I could understand covering all different um, types of teams like maybe a conference or an entire like obviously the NFL or something like that where you're covering several teams I think that would be much easier but if I had to cover someone for example like Tech or Oklahoma or West Virginia or something like that when I'm a pretty hard diehard Longhorns fan I don't know if I could do it. So, props to you.
0: Yeah, it's the career path I've chosen, and and I am not regretting it one bit. Okay, so here's last question of the day. It's coming. This is my question for you. Um, mm-hmm. What is one sporting event? Okay, let me change that. What's one college football game, non-Texas related, that you would love to watch? Like to be a part of, to be there.
1: Ooh, hmm. This is hard for me. I kind of want to go to a Michigan, Michigan State game and maybe Alabama, Auburn. Those would probably be my top two. I haven't actually seen Alabama play in person ever, and I heard Michigan, Michigan State gets a little crazy. So I'm always up for a good time. I'd like to see one of those. Um, I didn't really mention LSU because I haven't really been there but like you mentioned i heard it's one of the most fun places to go watch so i'll be taking care of that in september but yeah i guess those other two would probably be my top what about yours
0: Uh, iron Bowl is a good one i would have to say michigan ohio state just because of the heated rivalry between the two Mm -hmm. and then i've always wanted to see a virginia tech home game in blacksburg with the Metallica inner Sandman going off and the fans going nuts. I've seen it on TV. It looks fun. It's just, I love the college football experience just because of how fans are. And so that's why I would say that game.
1: Interesting.
0: You know, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Longhorns Podcast. So now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On the NFL Draft. And we will see you tomorrow.
2: Hook them. Your Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns.